Hello, 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 Chelsea fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But today is a big day because we get to talk shit about Arsenal today. Oh, yeah. We got two games coming up this week, but, you know, the main focus is against Arsenal. Yeah. I know Champions League is important, but Mm -hmm. we... I think that after the past two times that we played Arsenal, uh, you know, losing against the team that we clearly were better than, I think it's just it's important that we win this week. We, we'll get into that though. We need retribution. Yeah, for sure. But we had a we had a fairly eventful week this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the game against Leicester, obviously, it's a win. Three it, points. It is a win. It's three points. It got sloppy at the end, but Chelsea did prevail two one at the end of the day. Yeah, let's talk um, a little bit about that game. Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things I want to get into. So, like, I mean, obviously, the main um, headline was Murata getting his third goal. Such good form right now, playing He's, playing well for Spain and for Chelsea right now. Yes, and that's and that's huge because a lot of times players will heat up, right? And they'll get recalled to their international team and they'll just like put up two stinkers mm-hmm. and then come back, you know, not in the same form that they were in when they left. But he came back firing and that was that was really refreshing to see. Um, so three goals and two assists in a total of 278 Premier League minutes. I mean, is that is that considered elite yet? Can well, we... we're going to have to see because, I mean, and, and also just to add, all of his goals uh, and assists have come from his head, right? Just his head is worth the 58 million <laughs> pound fee. I mean, that's like, it's like we paid 58 million just for his head. That's it. Everything else is the, just, the rest it, of the it just, body com- it just like, comes with, it just, it just like a package, package deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it looks like it doesn't matter if he's wearing a blue jersey or a red jersey mm-hmm. with Spain. He's He's been on fire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, a lot of people kind of – there was a lot of doubt on whether Murata was going to be worth the money, you know. Just because his last name wasn't Lukaku, I feel like. <laughs> and also because, you know, he, he spent time as a backup in Juventus and then a mm-hmm. backup in Real Madrid, never really becoming that guy and, you know – giving that kind of money to really like a career backup striker and then him coming to this role. It's, it's, it's more than relieving. It's, it's like something that, you know, finally something has gone right for us. You know, it's definitely something to behold, but like, I just want to dive into like a lot of memes going around, like, especially on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot about, you know, how good Murata is at using his head. And I just want to clarify He's not – his finishes are very – I don't want to say world-class, but they're clinical. Like, like I think he's a clinical striker who, mm. with minimal chances, will punish you, right? But I don't think it's his finishing ability that makes him special. It's his movement. Yeah, because he's gotten a lot of chances that – like a bunch of sitters that well, he just kind of, you know, blew, he, up, blew it. He had the sitter against Tottenham, mm-hmm. which, you know, that was a one-off, I feel like. But – Again, this week at Leicester, like, I think it was Fabregas that clipped the ball to him right up the middle, mm-hmm. and he just kind of miscontrolled it. It got a little bit away from him. I, but I'm not, I'm not putting that to, like, you know. Yeah, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that I'd rather have a guy who makes the right runs and gets into more scoring opportunities than, you know, 
than a guy who doesn't do that and finishes every time. See, that's the thing. More opportunities means you know he's already scored three goals, mm-hmm. like and, and we're we're you know putting him down for not having five goals right now in four games. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing though. People people always compare, and that's just the way the world works, yeah. especially the footballing world. So everyone compares him to Diego Costa. They need to get over it because they're two completely different types of players. Right. Morata is a, is a footballer. Like, there's no other way to put it. He's skillful, and he will – although he hasn't done it yet, he will score different types of goals. We've only seen him score goals with his head. <laughs> but he he scores all types of goals. Like, he's, he's, he's a more complete striker than Diego Costa. What made Diego Costa so dangerous is the fact that he was a bully. And, you know, his movement was good but not great. Yeah, Murata's movement is ridiculous. That 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 little movement for that header is that's that's world class in my opinion. And I think it undoubtedly comes from him training with such you know top class players mm-hmm. throughout his whole entire career. I mean that that was Ronaldo esque. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Like Ronaldo loves that little diagonal ball where he just peels off the shoulder of the defender and goes to the far post. And that's exactly what Morata did. Yeah, not and once and but twice. Of, and instead of Marcelo feeding it in, you know they got that Portuguese Brazilian connection. We've got Aspilicueta with that Spanish connection to Morata. We Murata. keep it in Spain, baby. Another assist from Aspilicueta. <laughs> you know, I, I off I, that I, same diagonal ball that you're talking about. I said it a couple weeks ago, and like you know, a lot of slack was pointed towards Aspilicueta, particularly when he was playing as a left back, about how he couldn't cross the ball. I just hope that. People put that story to bed because he's actually a decent crosser of the ball. I'm not going to go ahead and say, oh, he's top class because that's extremely biased. But He's improved so much. He's improved a lot, and he's actually very, very good technically. He get, He's better technically than people give him credit for. Um, yeah, because before, I think that he had to put a lot of thought into how he's going to hit the ball, where he was going to end up. But now it just seems like second nature to him. Well, as on soon the as left- the ball comes to him, he... He knows exactly what to do with it, and he's a lot quicker with his decision making. I mean, I understand when you know when he was playing on the left side, like you know, just going off of your point, how it seemed like he didn't really know what to do is because he's not a left-footed player. So yeah. every time he had to cross the ball playing on the left, he'd bring it back to his right, and it was so predictable. Mm-hmm. But now he's on his right, and we have you know two other center backs that are two-footed essentially, and Rudiger and David Luiz. It's just it's so nice to have, and you know. Now that we have that safety valve with Rudiger's pace on the other side, mm-hmm. you see Conte pushing Aspilicueta further and further up the pitch when we have the ball, when teams sit in on us. And as a result, we get crosses like that that could create opportunities in Morocco. Yeah, and you know, you have the luxury when you have the luxury of, you know, Bakayoko and Conte in the middle, oh, you yeah. can really right. risk pushing up Aspilicueta. I think that I mean that performance uh this week by the both of them is exactly what uh, us as Chelsea fans hoped would happen once we signed Bakayoko. I mean, they're kind of like two of the same players, mm-hmm. both just amazing defenders mm-hmm. uh, at that midfield position. Both of them, uh, they're they're just they're just elite ball winners, and and you need you need a nucleus of that in your midfield for in order for mm-hmm. it to be successful. And especially if you're going to play a counter-attacking style like we do, right? Yeah, and and also to add to that, Angolo Conte got his uh, first goal of the, of the season against his former team. Yeah, he already tied his Very... s- season high. <laughs> <laughs> Very respectful goal. Honestly, when I saw it at first, I thought I was like, how did that go in? But it was a nice, clean, hard shot right in the corner. 
uh, and a very kind of respectful celebration by him against his old club. You know, I, I love the way he played. It, it, here's the thing with Angolo Conte is like he always loves to play like that little dink pass when he gets in the box, and and as a midfielder, like if you're open, you need to shoot it right. Yeah, this isn't the first goal of that type that he scored. I mean, he scored two goals against Man United like that last year. One was in the FA Cup and one was in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But he's proven to us that, that he could score goals like this. I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, yeah, we could count on him for five or ten goals a season. But, you know, it's just he has that ability to just kind of nestle a ball into the far corner when the goalie's, you know, caught flat-footed. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 definitely something that he needs to unleash a little bit more. I mean, how many times have we seen someone take a shot outside of the box and it take a deflection and end up, you know, on the opposite side yeah, of happened, where the keeper's Yeah, it happens like, all the time, yeah. definitely. You got to I mean, take those shots. It happened today in the West Ham and Huddersfield game. I mean, that's how West Ham got their first goal. I think it was Obiang, like, took a shot and it deflected off a Huddersfield defender and the keeper went diving one way and the ball just bounced in on the other side. Like, it's... We need we needed we need these opportunities. We need him to take these opportunities more. Yeah, you know, as everyone knows, that's offense isn't his, you know, main main game. But let me just read some of the stats that you know from Angola Conte and Bakayoko from this game. Hundred percent tackles one. This is this is this is Conte. This is Conte. Hundred percent tackles one. Three clearances. Three chances created. Three interceptions and a goal, of course. Mm-hmm. Bakayoko. Completed all five of his take-ons, 100%, won 100% of his aerial duels, 63 passes, five tackles, two interception. I mean, these guys control the midfield. It's, I mean, they're going to lock up everyone pretty much for the rest of the season if they're playing alongside each other. We talk about their similarities in terms of what they offer. And, like, of course, like, the first thing that comes to your mind is both of them are energizer bunnies and both of them are ball winners, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a slight difference between Conte and Bakayoko. Conte seems to just kind of Conte picks you off more than he steals the ball, right? Like he just kind of nicks it off of you, mm-hmm. you know, at the last moment. When Bakayoko wins the ball, he runs through you. <laughs> and and I love that. And it's something that Nemanja Matic d- doesn't have in his locker and, you know, something that's really crucial in our midfield. Like when we played against, you know, Tottenham last year, um, for example, where Wanyama and um, and Dembele just ran through us um, at White Hart Lane, it was because we didn't have a player like Bakayoko who was just a physical unit that will not be penetrated. Like, yeah, I there's agree. no way you're getting past this guy, and it's 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 refreshing to see, definitely. Yeah, you know those kind of, those two styles of plays really complement each other pretty like very well. They liberate Fabregas too. Yeah. I mean, we we didn't mention that he's but. free to just play his game and not have to worry about you know coming back and defending like you know let let Ngolo Conte and Bakayoko handle that business and you just do the magic uh, you know that you're used to that you've been doing your whole career. Conte did a really good job in recognizing you know the fact that Fabregas's worst part of his game is his running. Oh yeah, he did a really good job. And, well, 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 <laughs> well, well, he recognized it and he addressed it and. You know, whether it was the board's decision to go with Bakioko, which I don't think was the case. I think Bakioko was definitely on Conte's list. Um, it was just really good recognition, you know, in terms of getting that type of player in to liberate Fabregas. Because when Fabregas has the ball, he's, you know, he's that guy who could break down defenses along with Hazard. 
Um, I'm and you know just this makes me a lot lot happier with our transfer window. Honestly, it does. I you do know, like I do like the players that we got. We a didn't lot. we didn't have a terrible transfer window, but we didn't have a great one either, right? Right. Like we. It didn't live up to expectation, I think. No, but, but but when does it ever? Exactly. I mean, yeah, we always have high expectations. <laughs> like, uh, a couple of years ago, we were linked to Lionel Messi, and then when we didn't get him, people were, like, actually surprised. You know? Like, it's just... It's a, it's, it's a consequence of being one of the major clubs and one of the richest clubs. But, you know, like... Sure, we didn't add squad depth to our transfer to to our team this transfer window, but the players we brought in are all quality. Like I, I think that we added to our depth. We had another midfielder. We added another wing back who can also play. You know, in on both defenses. sides. Yeah, on both sides and some defensive mid. Some. You know, I think that we did add to our depth pretty well. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. Well, we did get Christensen and Musanda back, yeah. which is kind of big for us. But, ugh, you know. I'll, I'm looking at this next headline on our script, Sam, and, like, I know, like, in all caps, there's, you know, a section that says Zach's rant, <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm going to do this. So... Take it away. It, it's been happening ever since Conte's been manager, and probably the only thing I hate about his management style. Why, why the fuck do we take short corners? Like, I just, I genuinely don't understand it. It doesn't work. It's never worked for us. I think the one time we scored on it last season was off a botched short corner. Like it wasn't even like, you know, it was, like it was just a, it was like a broken down play that just rolled up, you know, to someone and they cross it in. But like, I just, I don't understand short corners. Like they're the bane of it. They're, they're like the bane of my existence, dude. Like, I don't know how else to put it. We have five players on the field against Lester that were over six feet tall and we did not put the ball in the box and give them a chance to head or something home. Are you kidding me? Like, like that, and it's there's not, no, there's no excuse. There's it, really no excuse. It, and this is not us being spoiled from, you know, Jose Marino's set pieces to this. This is like kind of like a basic thing. Like if you got big guys in the box, send it in the box. Yeah. Like it, Jose's right though. He doesn't dick around when we have five, six footers on the field. Like <laughs> he doesn't go out and, and try to, you know, dink a couple passes back and forth between Pedro and Fabregas and then, you know, shank across. It doesn't work like that. We we we're just talking about how great Fabregas is like on the ball and picking out passes. He's garbage on corner kicks, especially the last year or so. Like he's been terrible on set pieces, specifically corner kicks, but mm. get the ball in the box. Like I just I don't I'm sorry. I don't get it. And like this is the end of my rant. I'm done. But I never want to see short corners ever again. If we never did a short corner for the rest of the club's history, I would die happy. Like, <laughs> like it, it, they just bother me. They bother me. I'm sorry, but we did get a Zapacosta and Hazard signing. Yeah, I feel great to have Sighting, see Hazard. <laughs> yeah, so it was really, really great to see Hazard back on the pitch. You yeah, know? I mean, like it's like a breath of fresh air. He, he, it just I don't feel I feel like he didn't even like skip a beat. He came on and. You know, it was at the end of the game, and I honestly felt like he didn't get the ball enough. And that kind of, I think, stemmed from a lot of players just kind of acting selfishly and trying to take the ball up themselves. Like, I saw three or four different (sighs) possessions where Hazard was, like, open and kind of looked frustrated that he didn't get the ball. Because, I mean, you know, he's your best player by far. It's his debut. Like, and, you know, a one-goal difference game. 
which you know could have just easily swung into a tied game. I mean, you're you're kind of weaving this into our next topic, but but, yeah. but we'll dive into it right now. Like, we did not close this game out the way that we've been used to closing games out. Like, mm-hmm. we have a reputation for being very professional and closing out a lead and not blowing our leads and you know stealing three points by a goal or two. But there was there were times, and you know, Bakioka was even guilty of this as well as he played the whole game. But like, too much hero ball. Mm-hmm. Marcus Alonso dribbled the ball up the pitch a couple times and lost it. Bakioka lost it a couple times. Um, I'm pretty sure William did the same thing once. Yeah, he did. There was one play where Murata just picked out the wrong pass. It was a three on two, yeah. and he had William wide open on his left, but he passed it to Hazard. Like. It wasn't professional in the way that we're used to closing out games, and it was just shocking. And then um, I, I say that Hazard was left open too many times, and then the one time that he should have not passed it to him, he got passed it to him. You know what? You know, like, he should have made the same play that Mares played. Yeah. You know, like... Well, well you know what? That, and that, luckily, I was think, not a goal. I, I do think Mares picked out the wrong pass. You're talking about the one where he laid it off to Slimani yeah, and, exactly. and uh, Courtois made the save, right? Uh-huh. I think he made the wrong pass because I, I was praying to God because it was on his – Vardy's on his left side and Mara's is left-footed. So I'm like, oh, God, he's going to lay it off perfectly to Jamie Vardy and he's just going to nestle it into the corner. And he didn't and I was – Yeah, Vardy was covered pretty well though. I mean I don't think he had any angle to give it to him. Oh, no. But I mean, I mean that mean, was just such a nice move and thank God – I mean having having Courtois on the goal like it really is a difference maker and I – I pointed out a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. he's starting to, you know, play like the elite goalkeeper that he is. It's it's kind of unfortunate that he had to give away that penalty, but like, in a sense, you know, I know some people say like, yeah, well, he shouldn't have gone out for that ball. He's prone to giving away cheap penalties. Yeah, that was that was on Dave. I mean, he just kind of gave Courtois a hospital ball, and he had to make a split decision. If he didn't, and, yeah, I mean, that would have been a goal if he didn't do that move anyway. I so. mean, the bottom line is you can't blame Courtois for that because Courtois shouldn't even be in that position to begin with, exactly. and that's on his back line. So, but really quick before we before we move on, I just want to talk about Zapacosa for a second. Yeah, I was great I, debut. I think I thought I I think he looks solid. Um, he almost scored a goal. He's he's extremely fast. Right, like like he's not quick. But when the wheels get turning, and when that guy's in in third gear, I mean, mm-hmm. he just he's fast. And he's he's a he's, big dude. Yeah, for a big guy yeah. being able to run that fast, like he's athletic. If, if you you you're really able to see it when he's running amongst the other like players on the pitch. He's he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Marcus Alonso in terms of athleticism. Yeah, I feel like hundred percent. But you know, we didn't see him for what he's good at necessarily. Like. Everybody talks about his ability to cross the ball and how good of a crosser he is. We didn't really get a chance to see him cross the ball this game. I'm chalking it off. To, it's his debut. You know, like nobody, nobody Late ever game. has good debuts. Even Marcus Alonso had a crap debut in the FA Cup. But I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for him. I think he'll do great. There was one play in particular where he actually got me off my seat is when uh, they were in our offensive third. And I think someone played a through ball to Christian Fuchs. And Zapacosta and Fuchs are going at it. And Fuchs is in a mug. Like, he's not a small guy by any means. He's not a weak, you know, left back by any means. But yeah, he knows what the Zappa fuck he's Costa, doing, right? He knows what the fuck he's doing. You know he has a clothing line called No Fuchs Given? <laughs> it's pretty good, huh? I would support that. I, would I support honestly like that. Too. Yeah, Fuchs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there was one play where Fuchs and, and, Z- and Zapacosta were, you know, fighting for the ball. And Zapacosta knocked him off the ball. And he dropped them. And Fuchs wasn't trying to sell it. Like, 
Yeah, he got knocked he over. Got, he got knocked over. It was impressive, but something that wasn't impressive this game, and I, I, I want to talk about it. There's two missed handballs in the box. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's all this about? Like, that's that second handball by by Harry Maguire. I mean, that was so obvious, and his hands were in such an unnatural position. I don't know how he didn't get called for that. Is that when he was on the ground and he? No, 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 no. That 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 one was obvious too. But yeah. I'm kind of chalking that one off because maybe the ref was a little bit behind the play and yeah. didn't see contact for sure. I I saw it more for sure when it was the replay. Yeah. The, well, the, sometimes you could, sometimes you could debate. You know yeah. what what classifies as a handball or not. But I, I by the have... rule of the now, what the refs are doing is, if your hands are in a natural position and the ball hits it, as long as your hand is close in proximity to where the ball is initially kicked the refs usually let it go Mm -hmm. because there's nothing you can do about it right but harry Maguire was in like this superman pose it was the most unnatural position i've ever seen it looked like i'm not saying it was intentional but it looked like he was just trying to get anything he could on Uh the ball i i i don't know how the ref called it lee mason's a twat he could suck my ass like like all these refs could suck my ass as far as i'm concerned Honestly, I'm sorry it for the wasn't profanity, but like it's the only way I could get my point across. It was it wasn't necessarily one of those games where like it kind of was out of control. You know, he the first yellow card wasn't given out till the eighty fourth minute. You know, it wasn't one of those situations. It was a physical where, game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I he know. and he and he. That's what I'm saying. He didn't he didn't try to like put control into the game where you know because because it wasn't like people like shoving each other and stuff. You know, but it was very physical. There was one play where Bakioko was dribbling the ball up the midfield, and he like I think he dribbled past a couple people. And I was watching it on some dodgy Toronto stream, mm-hmm. Canadian stream, and the announcer on the stream was like, "If that's not a foul, I don't know what is." Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's true, and that's exactly how There's I felt. A couple of them. The whole entire match, the refereeing needs to be better. Oh, last point about this match. Uh, shout out to Pedro for. Uh, Finally playing a game without his mask. And uh, also, welcome back Pedro's mask for next game because he got, he got smacked in the face his, his face first really game hard. without it. I mean, what an unlucky guy, right? I mean, how could it, that happen? It it was like a, a pinball machine. It just pinned <laughs> off like four players and just and popped up. them right in the nose. Yeah, I mean, he was, on the, he was on the ground for a little bit. I thought maybe, you know. Well, when was he was on safe. the ground, I was like, oh, shit. But then he got up, and I started laughing because I'm like, wow, that sucks. It That's like getting a nut shot him. after a nut shot. <laughs> I don't know. But um, good for Pedro. Yeah, and honestly, not not a very good game for Pedro. I thought he played pretty subpar. And, um, well, he do- I, I noticed that. He usually doesn't play well against teams that are physical. And I, that's just, you know, something that's missing from his game, obviously. Yeah. Like, he, he's very lightweight in that sense. But I still love him. I still love him for that Tottenham goal last year. I love him, too. So, um, we play Karabag. Um, Ooh. Tonight's Monday night, so we play them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be an easy win. I mean, I think that's safe to say, right? Yeah. Um. But it's also obvious that Conte is going to rotate the squad, and he and he even said it in his press conference today. He said, "I trust something along the lines of I trust my players, um, you know, and rotating the squad is going to be necessary. We have seven games in twenty one days, um, so I have a little list here, and 
these are all players who've been on the periphery or suspended or injured or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And let's just go through it and see, you know, who mm-hmm. we want to see play and who we think will play. So the first name I have on the list is Gary Cahill. I know my opinion is that he's gonna get a he's gonna get a run in, especially against Karabag. Yeah. Um, especially he, after not playing for a couple of weeks, I think that. Well, now his suspension's done, but yeah. he's gonna have a hard time getting into the squad with Rudiger playing so well. I mean, if you ask me, I keep playing Rudiger. At least for this game, try to get him back up to speed. Yeah. I think yeah. that it would be a good idea to start Cahill. But as far as our number one squad, I think I agree. I'm I'm leaning more Rudiger on your really, side. Rudiger looks the businessman. That, that that thirty million. Looking back on it now, that's another bargain. That's such a bargain. Yeah. Um. Next name is uh Charlie Masanda. So. He posted an Instagram picture the other day saying, you know, can't wait to wear this shirt again. Mm. Conte definitely had a talk with him and told him you're going to play. Good for him. I'm excited to see him because, Uh like, everything we're hearing about him, you know, and all the videos we're seeing, he looks like he just has, like, that little bit of magic. Like, he could produce a special moment. Like, he just looks like one of those footballers. So I hope he gets a run in. We'll probably see him on the left side of a front three, I'm guessing. I think Conte's gonna wanna spot. play. Um I I have a feeling Pedro will probably play again because he didn't play well last game and Williams just been in like ridiculous form. Mm-hmm. Um so I won't be surprised to see him playing on the left and Pedro on the right, maybe Batshuayi up top. But that brings us to our actually I have Batshuayi a little bit further down on the list, but like we might as well talk to mm-hmm. talk about him now. I, he needs to score this game. Yeah, I think that he will get the nod for the start just because... Karabag's know. such a weak side. Yeah, but also at the same time, I think that if he's not playing in good form, like, Conte's got to have Marauder ready on the sideline because I think that this is... I mean, if, if, we don't, if we don't get all three points from this game especially in the group that we're in we're going to be... Like, I don't think there's any way we make it out. Well, I don't... I don't... I don't think there's any way we're going to drop points in this game. Like, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I just, it's a Champions League. The players missed it last year. They're going to be really hyped up for this game. But with that being said, we're talking about like like, putting in a bunch of, you know, I mean, not a bunch of, but a lot of like, you know, exactly players that have either haven't played for a while or like, you know, not playing well or making their first starts. You know, it's 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 not our number one squad, and it you know things could just not work out. I've seen, I've just seen it happen before. Yeah, I mean that's true, and this, so I'm just saying he just needs to be ready. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but this is the difficult thing with with having such a top heavy group is Carbog's basically gonna be the punching bag of the group, right? right. Every team is gonna play them, and they're gonna they're gonna beat them convincingly right Mm -hmm. but that's that's not good for us a lot of people think oh that's great well that's a guaranteed six points in the bag at the end of the group stage it's not the the issue with that is goal differential comes into into the equation and now those guaranteed you just made the group from four teams to three teams essentially by having a team as weak as Karabag in there Mm -hmm. so you got to pile on the goals like you can't just say okay you know we're gonna put on our second team we're gonna put two or three goals behind them and then just sit on the game yeah we need to go for the jugular we need to put as many goals as we can in but at the same time Conte has to be wary of Arsenal at the weekend um which we'll get to talking to in a little bit but the next uh name on the list 
Andreas Christensen. I think it's fair to say we'll probably see him start in the middle of that back three. Yeah, I hope to see him come back. I mean, uh, he's going to play. There, there's no doubt in my mind that doesn't make me think Conte won't play him, but I really want to see him play in the middle personally because I think he's just that natural successor to David Luiz. He, he's, he's intelligent enough. He has a range of passing. He has a lot of midfield traits about him, which works with that, you know, middle of the center of yeah. the three center backs. No, so. definitely. Um Hazard. Eden Hazard. Mm. I don't think he gets to start this game. I think that uh he's definitely more important for like to be hundred percent rested for the Arsenal game just because, you know, he's definitely our best player and he's just that difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um I I wouldn't mind seeing him start and getting him a little bit more playing time before because you know he only played a little bit in uh, this past week, but uh, I think personally I think Conte is not going to start him. I think I think the club is going to put like a sixty minute restriction on him. Yeah, like, if give, he starts, like, like give or take an hour. Uh-huh. So I think I think he'll start, and I think he'll play like the first fifteen or twenty minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. Unless he's on a hat trick, I don't see a reason for Conte to keep him on. Yeah. Um, Danny Drinkwater. So today he pulled up with a calf injury. Conte addressed it in a press conference. He wouldn't. He didn't rule him out, however. So hopefully, you know, just dehydration or just you know maybe he tweaked it. Maybe he just needs to get you know maybe get it rolled out or whatnot. But yeah, I personally, I mean, before this injury happened, I was really, really looking. And this is the player I was looking forward to the most because I think Conte was. There's no way that Conte wasn't going to give him his debut playing next to Golo Conte. Yeah, I think that, and that would have been really just—it would just would have been cool to see. Yeah, especially you know them playing in Champions Champions League together. You know they never really got that success together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Leicester City did look good in Champions League that one year, but that was after Conte had gone already. So I think that. Uh, oh, Ranieri, you mean? Yeah, 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 well, and th- yeah, they, they didn't put together a terrible Champions League campaign, but they just their squad was just not good enough. But I'm I'm I hope he plays. Um, if he doesn't, obviously it's for precautionary reasons, and and that's fine. But I don't see a reason for Conte to play with a three midfields three midfielders set this game. Just I mean, the reason why we got drink water was to you know give other guys some time off, particularly so Fabregas, yeah, who's on the wrong side of thirty. But you know, I think if if he doesn't play tomorrow, he's definitely going to play Fabregas and Bakayoko or Fabregas and Conte. Just because we all know Conte in the big games likes to play, likes to take Fabregas off the bench. He goes for defense first. Mm-hmm. So I think against Arsenal, Bakayoko and Conte are for sure starts, especially after their last performance. Yeah. So look for Fabregas to partner with someone in the midfield. Um, last two. So we got Davide Zapacosta first. Mm-hmm. He's going to start. Yeah, I think he gets to start. Yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Yeah, I think that, you know, after his first, his first uh, appearance last week, he had a lot of promising looks, and I think he's really excited to play for this team. Yeah, um, he's all he's been talking about wanting to play for Premier League for a long time. So now that he's back, yeah. it's uh, he's, he should be ready. Like he should be ready for this moment. Um, the last name I have on here is kind of debatable. So you know, as all as all of you guys know, we don't have a like for like replacement for Marcus Alonso. Um, maybe Kennedy gets a look in. A part of me says a part of me wants him to get a look in because I've always been a fan of his, but from a PR standpoint, 
it just won't look good if the club give him any playing time. Yeah. Between I, now and the January transfer window, where it's pretty much said and done that he's gonna leave. And I think that also just our game following the game where you know fans got in trouble for anti-Semitic remarks, and oh, yeah. now now the club and Murata are kind of just trying to put out a different PR message saying that we respect all people. Yeah. I think that it would not be the the wisest move PR wise to kind of say that and then turn the other cheek with Kennedy, you know. Just to you know go off of that point, um you know, we obviously condone that type of behavior, right? Yeah. Um that doesn't represent any Chelsea fan or football fan in general. So if you have that ideology and you're a bigot and, you know, you don't have my respect. You so I think that's off. enough. Yeah, I I think that's enough said on that. Um, score predictions. I think that give, if, give, if give me a clean sheet song. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, I don't think we're gonna let up any goals against them. It's just a matter of whether we score three, four. I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll I'll be ha- five zero would be ideal. ideal. Yeah. Like you said, goal differential is gonna be important. I'm gonna say uh four nil. I think we're gonna bag three in the first half and then Conte is going to tell the team to just possess and you know conserve their energy the second half maybe we nick a consolation goal um Charlie Musanda hat trick bold prediction right there yeah well I'm going to be confident and I hope he gets a hat trick because I really I I just want to see him succeed yeah so uh speaking of succeeding or lack thereof um we play Arsenal on Sunday we welcome them to the bridge we um, need this, man. It's do. been too long I since know. I've been a- we've been able to say we, we kicked your ass. Well, the last time we kicked their ass, we had half their team on their ass when Hazard <laughs> just ran riot on them. Yeah, we um, got to see another one of those moments. Hazard basically went Bill Cosby on all of them, <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. But yes, we do welcome Arsene Wenger's perpetual fifth place crap excuse for a football team Mm -hmm. on sunday welcome Um, we welcome you any week yes we do um so keys to winning um do you want do you want to give us your take on what do you think is the most important thing that we need to do to take away some take away the three points well my i think that the most important thing is to try to neutralize uh danny welbeck and lacazette I think that, you know, first of all, Lacazette and Murata, two, you know, new faces for their team. Two marquee signings. And both playing well above their expectations. Great strikers. Uh, I'm not going to say that about many players on Arsenal, but Lacazette he, he, has he, lived up to the hype, well, I think, in my opinion. I don't think he's lived up to it yet, but he definitely looks like he can be a productive player for them. Yeah. Like, like he, he looks the part. He's not, a, he's not an ox. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that what what's important, kind of more of the same from last week, uh, we need N'Golo Conte and uh, Bakayoko to stay compact. Um, and then, obviously, whoever we have back there, whether uh, on our back three, whether mm-hmm. that's David Luiz or Andreas Christensen, and, I, you know, Aspie's going to be there. And uh, I think we might see Antonio Rudiger maybe – Gary Cahill, depending on how we, just, we how might see week. three of our five center backs, <laughs> but yeah, I, I possibly see, I see what the, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with the those Welbeck. guys just need to stay. They got to stay compacted. I I agree with the Welbeck and Lacazette analysis. 
Arsenal's main strength is penetrating up the middle. What do you think of my analysis of uh, playing one of our five center backs at the center back position? I mean, three of our five center backs in the center I back position. I think you That's have a good... pretty good chance of being correct. <laughs> Um, some good analysis but but yeah i mean we do need to stay compact last time uh aaron ramsey um had a field day yeah. with how open our midfield was Ugh. the main thing against arsenal how often does that happen i just i really hope conte realized in the last two games that fabregas cannot play in a midfield two against arsenal who tend to crowd the midfield um so yeah bakayoko and conte wouldn't be the answer to that and then i mean i trust our firepower to you know carry us over the line especially against the weekend arsenal side my my main thing is you know sure alexi sanchez has his mind in the blue part of manchester but um he's still an arsenal player and when it comes down to it he he love he just loves playing yeah he doesn't so, want to, he doesn't want to lose yeah he doesn't want to lose he's just he's a born winner so um, a born winner on a team of losers. So, um, I had to, sorry, I had to, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you saw his body language towards the end of that, uh, uh Liverpool, yeah, the SmackDown against Liverpool, yeah. um, he was not happy to be there. Was and... it, a, was it a smack, was it a SmackDown or was it a bare bottom spanking? Uh, I think it was a bare handed five re- star. Leave, yeah. Leave a, leave a hand mark. Yup. On that bare right cheek. Yep, that was like a stripper slap, huh? <laughs> no, stripper no. slaps. You gotta pay. You gotta pay you gotta extra. Pay. And you know that. And you know Arsenal won't yeah. pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of good. All right, so uh, damn, that Thank was you for, that was hilarious. Okay, know. thanks for finishing that one, dude. I um, yeah, happy you knew where I was going with that. Yeah, man. The only person you know cheaper than Arsene Wenger is me because I'm poor. <laughs> um, so. You know the last the last uh key to winning this game is they've been playing with a back three and that doesn't suit their you know personnel per se and case in point Nacho Monreal is not a left sided center back I know people are gonna go and say oh well, Aspilicueta isn't a natural center back either <laughs> well Aspilicueta has a little bit of class he's not Nacho Monreal yeah yeah he's not Nacho Monreal they're not the same player um. So, yeah, we need to attack his side of the back three. And with that being said, Arsenal's not very good in the air either. And guess what? Alvaro Morata is really good in the air. Really? Yeah. I so no idea. Getting the ball in wide positions, whipping in crosses, trying to find Morata on the end of them, that's going to be key in this game. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be something that Conte is going to stress. Um, yeah, I just – I really hope we remember, you know, our last two matches at Wembley – and how embarrassing it was to lose to them twice mm-hmm. at Wembley. Um, I hope the players have this in the back of their mind, and I hope they come out, you know, fighting. Um, it's also going to uh, be advantageous, uh, advan- advantageous. Yes, to us that uh, Arsenal is going to be playing Europa League on Thursday. Oh, uh, you know, Wenger is going to say something in the next couple of days about how it's only they had two extra days to play to prepare for the game. You know he's gonna do something like that. We'll give you we'll oh give you a full month to prepare for this match, Arsenal. Just take off a month, and I guarantee we'll have the same outcome. All yeah, right? this isn't this isn't a cup competition. This is the Premier League, and it's something that you're not used to winning, and we are. So we kind of know what it takes to wait. You mean getting fifth points. place every year is not winning? Yeah, uh, no, I don't think getting fifth place every year. Well, is... getting fourth place would be winning if you're Arsenal. 
Uh, yeah, but that doesn't happen every year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this is funny. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, they they, they do play Europa League um, against uh, FC Köln on Thursday. So we'll have a we'll have two days more rest. Obviously, our opponent's a little bit easier, which is ironic because we're in a tougher competition. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, ball movement's going to be key. I think I think us pressing them is going to be key as well because if they do have tired legs, they're not going to have as much movement off the ball, especially if Mesut Ozil is playing. Um, I'll be surprised if I see him uh, even get into a jog. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's that's obviously going to be key. Um, I think that so. Um, what needs to happen? I think I think Hazard will will start. Yeah, that was gonna be my question. And uh, I think that the thing that we we missed this whole year, and we kind of talked about it. Pedro try to provide William, you know, with that craftiness, that you know, creativity that Hazard brings to the team. And I think that getting him back, we're just gonna be reminded of how important that was and how much better it really makes the rest of the squad. It's not a knock on on William or Pedro, but No, I mean they're they're playing outside but, of their their their, you know, skill zone or comfort level, I guess. Uh, I uh, You can't I you can't trust them to do the same no, thing no, no, as no. them, you know. Hazard's they, Hazard's a Hazard's a match winner and they're not. Yeah. That, that that's the bottom line. Um what do you think the what, what do you think scoreline is going to be? I mean What's your prediction? It's 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 really hard to tell, cause you know last week Charlie our... Masanda hat trick. <laughs> yeah, two games in a row. I like it. It would actually be hilarious games if like we had like a periphery player just come on against Arsenal and just like go off. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be so Arsenal. Um, <laughs> how how happy are you that we don't have Ox? Yeah, looking back on it now, I kind of am happy. I'm so you know, happy. You know what he said about uh about playing at Liverpool? You know, he was like, oh, yeah, maybe I won't get playing time in the middle of the field, but a lot of the positions are interchangeable, and that's just as good as playing in the midfield. Yeah. You Moment of silence. Yeah, you know what's... You know, because, because frankly, that's that, that was my reaction. I was like, really, dude? Really? There's not much you can say. I, I I'm just... I, th- I think yeah he must have a curse. I mean, okay, in the past two weeks at least. But we're kind of going on a tangent. But here. but going, I've, I've had a point to that. They when he played that, um, they kind of they got they lost they got smacked, and then last week, Arsenal looked really good. Um, yeah, and but I, everyone's gonna look good against Bournemouth's back line. I, Arsenal have always been flat and, track bullies. Dude. And I don't know if if it has anything to do with. Ozil getting an international break and hanging out with his German buddies. He played really well for Germany and he, he always, looked decent. He always does. And he looked decent last week. He didn't look like the Ozil of this season. I think mm. he might have he might have snapped back into his, you know, into his form. But and I think that I it's it's going to be hard for me to make a prediction, but I think 2-1 at the bridge. Yeah, I think that two one wow. is 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 gonna be the final score. Chelsea. Um, are we ever going to make a prediction that yeah. saying that Chelsea's gonna lose? No, <laughs> I don't well, think well, I ever will. No, no, no. There, there are some games where it just it doesn't look good for us. But, um, you know, you you know what? I actually didn't predict we were gonna lose, but I said it wasn't gonna be good against Tottenham at Wembley. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe I'll have the same luck if I say it's not going to be good for us today. Actually, fuck it, I won't because no. it's Arsenal. Yeah. Well, okay. It's, so it's 
I think we're gonna walk away three 0 and I think this is gonna be mm-hmm. another Arsenal fan TV uh meltdown meltdown <laughs> bit of gold. You know, just like what the fuck is Wenger doing? I just so he plays in Ozil. You know, you know what's funny? They had that one guy come on, and he was like, he's like, even my mom thinks, even my mom is Wenger in. She drinks tea every night. What's in that tea? <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't checked it out, again, Arsenal Fan TV is great. I think it's 3-0. I think it's an easy one. I think this is another game where all the talk is going to be out Vang- be about Wenger. You know, is this time coming to an Did end? we talk about Alexis Sanchez? We did, very yeah. briefly. But... Yeah, but he hasn't scored a goal this it, season. It honestly depends on what type of Alexis Sanchez shows up. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that he... That's, know, why, that's why I'm putting my prediction at 2-1, just because there's there's a lot of variance yeah. in, in the way Arsenal is going to play. For us, I think it's it's pretty sad how we're going to perform, Both Arsenal, they can either put up a crapper or they can actually, you know, put 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 together a pretty good game. But I think 2-1 is my prediction, just to play it safe. I'm sticking with my guns. Um... But have, you're not sticking with V gunners, though, right? No, no. Um, how many times do you think the pan, the camera will pan to Vanger pulling out his uh extra neck skin? I think that they actually have to have a special wide lens camera to capture the whole <laughs> to capture the whole stretch. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna snap back like a rubber band. There definitely is a lot of surface area going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is your favorite Arsenal memory? I mean. For me, Going I actually off script for a I second. have two. We we, we I, talked about it in in the uh, in one of our pods over the summer. Yeah, my I have two. Uh, they both involve Coughlin. Yeah. The first one is Hazard's goal, uh, last season when he threw him down, and then you know obviously just took it down all the way and beat four different players until he scored, and then uh. I mean, you're saying favorite Arsenal moment, not necessarily against Chelsea, but last week, <laughs> one of the funniest moments I've ever seen. Coughlin just randomly getting sniped, it looked like. It was a brick fall from FIFA. That's exactly what <laughs> he it held was. down left bumper and left on the, on the right stick. <laughs> and uh, just he hit the ground. Like... I don't I, from like, I had to watch it a couple of times and then finally read that he like pulled a hamstring to fully understand like what actually happened. But if you haven't watched it yet, please look up that video. Let me tell you something. I, I, anytime Coughlin ends up on the ground, it's one of my favorite moments. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, I think, I think, I mean, that's all I could say about him. I, I, I hate him. He's he's one of my least favorite players in the league. Right. Probably on the same level as uh, Marwan Fellaini. Um, but I think my favorite Arsenal memory is last year. Mm-hmm. Probably the best moment in the club's history. Oh, oh. Arsene Wenger signs a two-year contract extension. Wenger in, baby. All we are, the way. I just want to get this across. We are definitely Wenger Team in. Team Wenger like, in. Yeah, man. you know. I, I hope he no stays. Debate. I hope he stays forever. Um, he's great for our club. He's great for our club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else could you say about him? You know, nothing really. Thank you for not uh being interested in Cesc Fabregas when Barca oh. put him up on a put him up on a transfer market. That was really helpful to us. So we, you know we appreciate that. Thank you for giving us Ashley Cole as well. That was awesome. That was that was big. You know. Thanks for not giving us two, Ox. Two club legends. So <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, that 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 wraps up our pod. Yeah. So let's hope we get uh six points. Or, yeah, six more points by the time we uh, 
talk to you guys again. And until then, keep the blue flag flying high.